for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Hey, what's up, guys? This is a special Attack of the Androids for Wednesday, April 25th, 2012. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me, we have the late, great Eric Finkenbeiner. What's up, man? It's been a while. Yeah, it's good to be back. I I don't know about the late and the great part, but, you know. You're here. I'm happy to be here. And then also we got... Chris, you you joined us on uh, the last Yats episode. You had another techshow.com. How's it going, Chris? Uh, not too bad. I'm uh, glad to be here and, you know, enjoying all the good times and all that wonderfulness. Uh, good to see you guys. So, yeah, good topic for tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we kind of yeah. touched on it briefly on Attack of the Androids last night, which uh, you guys will be getting that, and then you'll be getting this on the Attack of the Androids feed um, and we just kind of covered like what it's what at its core, you know, just briefly from what we have seen, what it's about. And it, it just comes down to, did you use this, which we say is ours and which we claim can be copyrightable uh, in your creation? And that's what they're uh, going back and forth. Um, Chris, you have an interesting point of view on this, because unlike Eric and myself, you've been watching the television coverage. And I think... The television coverage gets spun a little differently than what the tech journalists in our bubble, so to speak, what what we get as far as information about it. What what is what have you seen of this? Yeah, I mean, just trying to. I mean, we all kind of operate in our independent little spheres when we're reading our blogs and uh, and or writing. In the case of most of us, like you mentioned, but you know, watching TV and watching mainstream media, and especially mainstream media that's not bringing in, you know heavy tech people to pull this up apart, which it really should because we're dealing with right down to the basis of the Java code and the APIs between Android. And you know what I want to see? I want to see O'Reilly versus <laughs> O'Reilly. And I want right? I, I want to see O'Reilly explain to O'Reilly what APIs and technology and all that. I think that would be just amazing. And then throw a little Larry King in there. Oh, man. Right. Somebody said ultimately is going to explode by the end of that interview. <laughs> right. But um, it's just so interesting to see because they, you kind of take the normal media spin on this and they're really blowing it up to be, you know, this gigantic evil Google is stealing the code, this monstrous code from the uh, Java folks and you know you kind of get into the court documents itself and there's all these graphics that try to explain just what parts of the java api and or code's been taken so here. let me direct your attention to the infographic they're like god yeah. i hate infographics <laughs> let's, take <a> look at- <laughs> let's look at the um, chart are they spinning well, it because google's mantra has always been don't be evil so are they kind of right. playing to that like oh yeah well what's up now who's evil now and Totally. I think we can take a look at what most media outlets are doing, and they're completely – lately, if you look at the news, we've seen Facebook is doing evil by you know throwing a billion dollars out at Instagram. <laughs> they're just gobbling up the competition. So you kind of see this feeling from the mainstream media of the high ivory towers of the West Coast tech front isn't as ivory as you would make it seem. So it, I just kind of get refreshed to come back to these types of outlets and look at what the bloggers are saying and go, yeah, but look at the infographic. Supposedly this is over – only nine lines of code when there's almost a thousand lines of code in 
the question, so are we really talking about the principle of stealing an idea or, hey, if Java is an open source type system that you can kind of go, okay, well, you know, I need this piece and I'm going to code some Java and help my other APIs. And, but are I we almost that's... talking about, too, that, like, look at poor defenseless Oracle who doesn't have a phone <laughs> and, and look at Google just completely exploiting this poor defenseless platform for their own gain. And we even had infographics showing that Google makes more money from Apple than Google makes from Android if you're talking right. about the ads, which is what one of the earlier uh, court arguments was is – I. I I think it was one of the Larrys that said, he's like, Android's not even that important to us. We don't care. Whatever. <laughs> it's like, well. And I think that's ultimately what we're going to see this come down to. I mean, we can get into this, and I'd love to see what you guys think as well. But, yeah, I mean, mainstream media is doing what they got to do to get people to watch. And, I mean, I outside wanna... of it being Google, you know, who cares? You know, your daily person watching the news wants to go on and find out what the secret service is doing to people down in Columbia before they really care about what's going on with Google. So well, I was going to say, like, say? what are, what yeah, is, a little bit of love for you over there. <laughs> what is the public going to have to hold on to after this? Their ivory tower of, of Silicon Valley is tainted. The secret service is tainted with, I mean, like what, what else is there? Nothing sacred anymore. Our phones are tainted. Well, I, I mean, if we take the news for its face value, I think, yes, yeah, so everything's tainted. I mean, isn't that what sells now, it seems? That it does. Sex sells, right, Eric? <laughs> Absolutely. So you've been following kind of a different, you're getting the actual raw transcripts because that's over what uh, telephone wire over there. Telegraph. <laughs> it's a, it's all Morse code. It's in Morse code. Yeah. We got to decrypt Telegraph. it. We have the first page so far, and <laughs> so what are you, what are you getting out of this whole experience? Uh, well, I, I think I think an ulcer. Is an ulcer. <laughs> a, a heart problem, congenitive failure. I mean, yeah, and a... we've we've established that they said that moving forward, ice cream sandwich and anything that comes out after that is not using this infringing code anymore. So what it's really coming down to is the damage is done up to this point if they can prove any at all. And then the judge yeah. was what reserving right to rule on the on the copyright itself to see what the jury says, and then he'll rule if APIs can even be copyrighted in the first place. Depending on what they which say, which is, which is very important, um, because if you've if you've done any coding, um, you know you realize that things like APIs. I mean, this whole argument that APIs are blueprints, uh, it's it's weak. I mean, it, it really is. Well, can you um, ask Google to... about that with their Maps API? Because didn't they recently just start charging for that? So if APIs are open, I mean, how can you say that our APIs cost money, but Java's APIs are free or? Java's APIs, um, the argument is that they fall under this, um, you know, this this uh, GPL license, right? That Google is using the open source uh, version of Java, and the fact that they are not calling it Java, um, that they wrote a lot of the that they wrote the implementations themselves, and that they're only using the APIs. That's the that's sort of the contention point. So an Oracle um, is saying that the it's it's everything but the APIs are especially protected, but the whole package is open source and you can do what you want with that. But if you use just the APIs, we're gonna come after you. Well I think they're what they're and again this is my personal opinion as Well that's all any of, of that's all any of this is. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um I mean what I'm gathering from it is that um 
you know, basically they wanted to, you know, get into the smartphone business. Um, they realized that they really didn't have any good options, so they, they said, oh, well, we bought Java. Um, Google's using Java. I'm sure there's a way we can squeeze them. Um, and then when they looked at it and they said, okay, well, they didn't use uh, they didn't use our implementation. They used Apache Harmony, and then to fill in the holes, they basically wrote their own implementations. The only thing that they could find overlap on were 37 APIs, which are, you know, from what I can gather and from what I know of writing Java, um, I mean, these are essential. You have to have these in order for the language to, to work. Um, and then nine lines of code, which, you know, the the nine lines of code, uh, it was, I think it was, um, was it Dr. John Mitchell? He was one of the uh, one of the witnesses for Oracle. Um, he's a computer scientist, I believe, at Stanford, and he, you know, he was saying that, uh, you know, if you look at this, it's really complicated. It would take a grad student to write it. Um, I mean, this isn't. I don't think that's true. I've looked at the code. I probably could have written that in high school, and it's one of those things that. It's not very complicated, so I could understand how it's possible that you could have a you know word-for-word -word copy of it without actually you know looking at the source code and copying it. But even so, I mean, it's not. I don't think that it's really that integral to the to the system to where Oracle could even claim damages uh, if it's found that uh, Google copied it. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty basic in its function. So why, if it's so basic, why wouldn't Google have chosen to just write their own rather than implement something existing? If they did, they not foresee this being a problem because back then it was under Sun Microsystems. And let's also remember too yeah. that Android wasn't a Google property. Like Google bought Android back in what oh four or oh five? Yeah, I think they bought it in oh four. It was Danger. Danger Inc. Right. So, I mean, and and at that point, it had already been, it was already, you know, the early iteration of it, which was based on Java. So they couldn't have, you know, re-bought it and then scrapped, you know, they would have just started a new one from scratch in the first place if that would have been the case. So, I mean. Well, when it comes to the, when it comes to the nine lines, uh, I mean, I think that if, like, if you actually look at the code, um, the the only parts of it that are like open to you know creativity are the um, oh, what, what do you call it? are the uh, variable names um, which I mean if you look at it they're very um, they're very basic uh, and they're sort of standard so you have like you have three variables because um, basically all this is doing is if you have a range of items and you want to make sure that you're not falling outside of that range you're going to like check for certain things and you need to know how long the how long the uh, the array is and you have to know where you're coming from and where you're going to right so it's it's very simple and if you look at these variable names you could these are variable names that i've used because it's a standard in the industry when you're writing this type of code so i even uh, was the guy that uh, said that um, uh, that he may have copied it. Uh, I think Block was his name. He said Josh Block. He said that he doesn't know if he if he copied it. He says it's possible, um, but in reality, 
he's the one that wrote it in the first place right. and Block, donated it to uh, to OpenJDK. Block worked at Sun for eight years before moving to Google in 04. And his it says here his, uh, his LinkedIn page refers to him as the company's chief Java architect. Um. And then we have we have this other kind of when when Andy Rubin was on the stand and we have all these emails and that that's kind of where they seem to be focusing on because that that kind of seems you know the, the how clean was the Android clean room and and it kind of comes out that maybe it wasn't as clean as they would have liked now is that's not saying that Andy Rubin knew that this was going on maybe it was a developer maybe he did who knows you know it's it's interesting that they're digging up all this, all, all these old emails, and, and what comes to surface is that they. It almost sounds like Andy Rubin knew that it was patented by Sun, and that they knew that moving forward. So what I what I gathered, and I, I can't recall any instance that hasn't been uh, rebutted, but um, what I'm recalling from the emails is when they're talking about these licenses. When Andy Rubin says we need to get a license from Sun, um, what that's in reference to is two things. One is that if you want to use, if you want to implement Java uh, into your into your product, even though it's open source, if you want to call it Java, you have to pass. Um, it's uh, I can't remember the name. It's a TCK. TCK. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. It's it's sort of a test that makes sure that your implementation is 100% compatible with the main Java implementation, and then as long as you pay the fee, you know, pass that test, then you can call it Java. If you don't, then you can't call it Java. So that's what, you know, so that's part of it. And then in other instances where they're referring to a license from Sun, um, it's because towards the beginning of the project, they were actually looking at partnering with Sun um, in order to take some of the workload off, you know, basically like... uh, you know, subcontracting to Sun to to help keep everything, um, to help you know reduce their uh, their development time, uh, which those talks ended up falling through. Hmm. So they just it seems it almost seems petty. They're talking the damages for the two infringed Java patents in the case. the 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 court appointed expert estimates those at two point eight million dollars. Like that's nothing. Oracle bought Sun in 2010 for 7.4 billion dollars. That's 7.4 Instagrams for those of you playing along at home. <laughs> um, but and and so I mean, what are they? Do they want future licensing deals? We know that's not going to happen because the code's not even in there anymore. So all they want are damages. Is are they going to spend at least 2.8 million dollars by the time this is all said and done? Like it seems frivolous at at this point. Why couldn't these two big boy companies sit down by themselves and work something out? Like it seems all this publicity and this what what Chris is seeing on on the the major media on TV outlets and what we're reading, it's it's a waste of time almost. Doesn't Google have glasses for me to be developing? I mean, you guys don't have nothing. Yeah. Like come on. <laughs> It really, it really does seem kind of like we've got a bunch of boys that basically said, "Oh man, you broke my GI Joe. Now I'm ticked off. I'm gonna go to you and make you replace my GI Joe." Right. It's like I whip mean, them out, get out the measuring <laughs> stick, measure, yeah. and get it over with, and then we can I'm move on. Some of these emails, and I mean, even going all the way back to 2005, yeah, it looks like you know they talk about pulling the license and getting TCK so they can call it what they want to call it. So at the end of the day, 
And I agree with Eric that looking at some of the Java stuff early on that, yeah, it seems that they pulled the nine lines of code, but it's not even like a specific chunk. It's, as you say, it's part of the uh, building block of part of the language. So if you had people that are sitting there developing Java, you're going to end up here. So we're really talking about licenses and fees on top of stuff that it's very trivial. And like you said, 2.8 million with the amount of legal staffs that are probably involved in this. Let's go home. I'll give you 2.1, call it a day, and let's pop the top on a couple of beers and move on to the next thing. I saw this on The Onion once, and it was basically how they negotiate. They're like, well, I'm just going to kick you in the balls. And then you're going to kick him in the, yeah. And then like, that's, I mean, at that, at the end of the day, like we're all just getting kicked in the balls here. I mean, the, yeah, cause, well, I, I think mean, this is, oh, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say at the end of the day, they're going to pass the cost to us anyway. So it is, I mentioned on Attack of the Androids last night that this is, this seems to me and all of the patent stuff in technology lately seems yeah. to be this weird lawyer conspiracy that like 10 years ago, they were like, you know, we're all going to be lawyers and what are we going to do? You know, accident <laughs> cases. And one guy got this idea. He's like, you know, there's a bunch of weird technology patents, a lot of cross stuff. He's like, I'm going to go over here and you go over there. And we'll get them riled up, and then who's going to make money in the end? Well, we are, the lawyers. So maybe I blame the lawyers. That's all. So we should have gone to law school. That that or that, yes. Yeah. So that, else, that test is hard, though. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> um, yeah, I think what this is more about, you know, it, I mean, of course, Oracle would love to get a piece of the Android pie. Um, but I think what they would love even more is if they could basically tighten the use more around uh, Java, you know, where they could get more control over a language which has, you know, it's, from what I've seen, has replaced things like C++ and in some instances Python as the language of choice that universities teach their students. So if you can exert control over APIs and take something that somebody, you know, when they wrote it might have said this is supposed to be free and for the world and say, oh, well, now you have to pay for it or we own it now. I mean, that's really in Oracle's best interest. But at that point, though, it seems to me, and I don't have any kind of law background, but it seems to me the judge would rule that you can't do that. If it's a language, you can't copyright English. Like if, and if you're treating it as a language, as building blocks for whatever you're, you're putting together, poetry or, or an application, I, I don't see how that can be copyright. Well, there are arguments to be made on both sides. Um, I mean, you could say that, uh, that APIs, that there's a that there's a certain level of creativity that goes into them because it's true. If you have a bad API, nobody's going to use your, sure, use your language sure. or your product. But um, if you have no API, nobody's going to use it either. Yeah. So well, it, that's true. I, so, I mean, there's, there's, I see Oracle's arguments somewhat, um, but at the same time, I really don't think that it holds water in this instance. I, um, just because you say it requires creativity and it does require creativity, doesn't necessarily mean that it's copyrightable. I can see Google like getting getting that that point across in court, and then them being like, "Okay, well now nobody makes money on APIs," and then being like, "Well, wait, 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 let's let's not go that far." I mean, let's you know, because they do they charge for for stuff. Twitter charges for their their Firehose API. I mean, there is a certain amount of worth in there that I I can see. Okay, if you give that out to everybody. 
then what's the how are you going to monetize and there has to be that monetization motivator there otherwise no one's going to innovate because we're all greedy pigs you know but but <laughs> where's the line drawn that you know something's out for either so long or it's just such a broad obvious thing that maybe maybe this you can't copyright but the more artistic stuff the more higher level stuff but who decides that then then you're back to to a lawsuit i guess uh, I think that this this really illustrates uh, how difficult it is to apply uh, today's patent and copyright laws to um, you know to modern technology. Uh, the judge even stated you know some of the uh, some of the precedents that uh, Oracle was referencing um, from the early 20th century. Um, you know the judge even said this doesn't you know there's not a one to one here. It doesn't necessarily make sense that you're comparing this to our uh, the current case. Right, um, and there, there was a piece in this yeah. uh, SF gate about how this case is showing just these massive flaws in our patent system. And, I mean, it's, it may be, it's just this case maybe because it's the first of these, but any of these technology cases, they all just reek of this flawed old world style thought process trying to get applied to new world technologies and i don't think you can do that they're not that living you know they're not they're not able to evolve as quickly as the technology does and pretty soon you're trying to apply law to something that makes no sense in this particular context exactly well and i think we're this with this case being as you know no matter which side wins, it uh, it will you know in my mind it will be a it will be a definitive case. It will be a game changer in that you know either Oracle wins and APIs are you know locked down, or Google wins and maybe we live to fight another day. Um, but we're very lucky in that uh, the judge uh, seems to be very technically competent. I don't know. Have you seen that, Chris? In the uh, you know watching it on TV. They've only been kind of limited in terms of getting really into the judges' stuff. Like I said, the mainstream media is trying to stay out of the tech details, but it at least seems to show through in some of the early decisions, some some of the news that we're seeing, that, yeah, there definitely seems to be a technical competency here, which is going to benefit in the long run. And, I mean, it's kind of timely, and I'm trying to find the article, but I know I saw it earlier today that last year intellectual property laws underneath the patent laws were actually updated in 2011, but it sounds like that Congress is also looking at potentially updating those laws again this year. So I need to try to find that article again, but that will be a great topic going forward because it looks like Congress is now going to jump into this because, I mean, look at all the different patent stuff that we see going on now. So there, there's a lot at stake here, just as we mentioned earlier, that we need to start understanding this stuff and writing laws that make more sense, just not really knowing where we could end up in the next couple of years. Was it a Bloomberg piece on Motorola Mobility? Is that it? It might have been. Macro slave Google and intellectual property? Yeah, because I know there's there's a, there's a lot of different things going on right now. We obviously had the AOL mass buyout of all that stuff. And well, and this is, and... this is talking more about the Motorola Apple one. And they then yes. we talked about that, that was... just briefly, that as soon as that happened, there was like a, a quick tail turn. And they were like, well, maybe we should settle. Tim Cook was like, yeah, maybe. Let's, let's just settle. Because uh, they found that Apple violated one of uh, four Motorola Mobility patent rights, and they're being contested. Uh, ITC Judge Thomas Pender uh, posted a notice, uh, let's see, this was yesterday? 
So the patent relates to 3G technology. The other three were not violated, uh, according to the notice. And so his findings will go up to review by a six-member commission, which then has the power to block imports that infringe on U.S. patents. So this, the, this could be trouble, which makes yeah, so sense that, that Apple would, would go from, well, let's, let's bury and destroy Android, even if, if that was for show or not, either way, and, and then to be like, okay, well, I think it's time to settle now. <laughs> So what I'm what I'm seeing kind of following my trail and pulling up a couple other articles actually is that what they were trying to do is take the American Invent, Invent Act from 2011, which was an update to some of intellectual property law, and what they were doing was it was going to be PIPA. It was going to be part of the Protecting Intellectual Property Act, which, you know, got shot down as part of the SOPA and the PIPA issue that ran into the privacy issues. Right. So that means kind of looking forward, that means it depends what really is buried in the new CISPA act, which is actually, you know, that's going to be debated tomorrow on Capitol Hill. So depending on where the actual intellectual property pieces of that still are and came out of committee and what shows up on the floor of the house tomorrow will really kind of give us an insight to where this whole thing's going. Well, and I just recently, I subscribed to Demand Progress and I just got a message today that said Obama would veto CISPA if it came through Congress. And who knows how. I guess they've been getting a lot of support, though. They have really good... Uh, we we see this in the the uh, marijuana activist side. These companies have these platforms in place that all they do is hit a button and instantly they're reaching you know a hundred thousand people. And of those, ten thousand of them are going to flood phone lines. And, and it it makes a difference. It, it really does help. And and we'll see that you know in in CISPA we saw it with SOPA and PIPA. We, yep. we see it every time uh, U.S. government tries to overstep its bounds uh, in the opinion of the people. And here we have the beauty of the internet to help us reach lots of people and inform our wonderful ideas. I know, right? Isn't that great? And, and it's a hope, wonderful thing. Hope that we don't get sued for them. Ah, details. Details. <laughs> My, minor details. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what else do we want to mention about this? I guess that's that's up to this point, right? So what's what's going to happen tomorrow? Who Who else is left to testify? Are they just deliberating now? Well, I think that Google said that they're going to. Um, I think I think I saw in today's transcripts that they're uh, they're planning on uh, on resting their case for this part of the trial um, tomorrow. Okay. They have um, it's it's split up into three parts. Uh, there's the there's going to be the um, the copyright part, which is what we're dealing with now. Right. Then the once that gets ruled on, we have the patent. Uh, part of it, and then if you know, if out of either of those two, um, like uh, it's determined that Google owes damages, then there will be a uh, a damages part, like a part three. So, nice. Um, Oracle wrapped up their case uh, a couple of days ago, and now Google is sort of in the middle of theirs. Very good. I like then, I like uh, it, some of the. <laughs> Some of the lawyer to Schmidt, just to be clear, you copied the 37 Sun Java API specifications, and then Schmidt says, we use the interface names, which is how one does this, and then did our own implementation of those services. 
You know, God bless Eric Schmidt. <laughs> I know, I, right? I know that some people, some uh, people, you know, didn't like didn't like it when he was CEO. They thought that he put his foot in his mouth. Did you know he was the CTO of Sun back in the day? I just learned that today. I didn't know that. Yeah, which is which is really interesting. You know, the sort of the the perspective that he can bring, and I, he's completely right when he says, you know, when they said uh, you copied the thirty-seven API specs. When he says, no, we just use the names, because if you didn't use the names, that if you didn't use the same names, then you wouldn't be able to have any, uh, you know, any, uh, what do you, they wouldn't work together. Right, because you, you wouldn't say, Yeah, exactly, because you would say, hey, I need this piece, and when you, when the application makes that call to, um, you know, to the to the code, it would say, well, I don't know, I don't see anything that's named this. And you know, anyone so. who's ever messed with WordPress in the actual code of it, <laughs> you know that, like, if you change the name of something, that's it. It's over. Unless you, you know, know what you're doing and, and change it everywhere else. And even even dealing with permalinks, I mean, people know if you change something that a computer thinks is there to something it doesn't know and you don't specify that, like, code breaks. It doesn't work. So to, to and have... What, I, what yeah. I think is great is that it's it's literally just names. You know, if from my experience, the the more difficult part was doing an implementation properly. Sticks and was, stones, Eric. Sticks yeah. and stones. <laughs> yeah. Well. All right. Well, I, re- I really think that's what this is going to come down to: is really getting people to understand the issue of we're getting into the bare bones of coding. That hey, if if you don't line this stuff up correctly, it doesn't work. And I think that's what Schmidt basically said on the stand. He's like, yeah. Do you want me to use your product the way that it was designed and intended for coders to use it, or do you want me just to go off and create something new because you're upset that you can't sue me for damages? Right, in which case, what would have happened? We'd have an open-source, speedy-ish Java uh, edition, (laughs) the Google Java edition or or whatever. They would make a new language. They'd use Dart. I mean, it would have changed the whole, (laughs) and, and Oracle would still just be humbling over databases. In there. <laughs> well, I think that you know, Google's you know sort of mo is to take these uh, open source uh, programming languages like you know like Python. They, I, I think, in the coding community that already existed, Python was a big deal. But when Google started using it for everything, it skyrocketed. Well, and what they did with it, people didn't. They were like, "You could do that, huh?" And so <laughs> it pushed everybody forward to write better and. It's just innovation, dude. That's how innovation works. And and these big companies that don't want to either change business models or or go with the times or evolve or anything, they're always the ones that are, you know, RCA is is famous for this. <laughs> like, no, no 8-tracks. I mean, no tape players and, and no VHS either and no CDs. And But it's innovation. Well, it's, it, it is. And that's not to say that you can't or shouldn't be able to make money on your code. But when right. it comes to something that is released under these open source licenses, um, I mean, you can't just go out buy a company like Sun and then say, "Oh well, I'm gonna I'm gonna renege on that and you all owe me money now." Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's there seems like some sort of non compete should have been <laughs> signed or something. But uh, I just one last comment on Schmidt. I mean, I I will say that I think that the fact that he's very He's, you know, he's very good at relating these um, technical ideas and distilling them down into something that people can understand. Well, he's a lobbyist. And, I mean, that's in essence, that's what he does. Like, that's that's his job yeah. now. I mean, he's that's 
he's good at that. Well, and at least on paper, um, you know, if you if you read through, you know, all the stuff that, you know, like I've been reading Grok Law every day, and if you read through this, I think that Google is, um, you know, one of the big things that they have on their side isn't even the, you know, the, the technical aspects of the case. It's that, you know, they have a lawyer that seems to be very personable, and they put people on the stand that are very personable, whereas Oracle seems to be very much in attack mode, um, yeah. which I don't think is playing well to the jury. Nope. And, I mean, just, just to kind of wrap up that that testimony, he, he said also that Jonathan Schwartz, who took over as CEO of Sun when Scott McNeely stepped down, he was aware that Google was using Java, had no objections, never said Google needed a license, uh, and the, the lead counsel for Google also showed a blog post from Schwartz that encouraged Google's Android work. And I mean, that's not, I guess, not here or there because it's not Sun anymore, but it was when this was being created. So who knows? Maybe it will. And then he, he leaves the stand, and I, I just imagine, like, the lights dim down and, and everyone just lets out a sigh and, and goes home for the day. Well, there was, a, there was an interesting little dig. I can't remember if it was the uh, Google Council or if it was Oracle. Um, they were establishing uh, Eric Schmidt's relationship to um, Jonathan Schwartz. And when they asked, oh, well, you know, do you know Jonathan? And he said, oh, yeah, I hired him. <laughs> oh that's awesome I thought that was kind of funny that's so great so great alright well do you got any closing uh, comments on this Chris no I think I pretty much wrapped up where I think um, I feel this is really going to come down to is we're really looking at the issue of what what is coding what is actually at stake here looking at the actual API so okay there's 37 here but Eric's testimony pretty much, you know, puts the thing in there and says, yeah, well, you know, that's how the coding of this process works. What do you want us to do? Well, and so, let me ask you this, Chris. When they open, when they were developing Java and they open sourced it, did they do that under the assumption that, man, we're going to make a bunch of money off this? Or were they under the guise of, let's give this to the community and see what they build on it? I think if you talk to the purists back with Sun and when the development was being done, you kind of see the essence of an open source type development really right. taking place here. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what Google's basic argument is and what the community is. And that's why we're looking at the issue now of really can Oracle now go back and say, okay, well, you know, we've created a monetization model here. So, you know what? Screw you guys. Right. You've all great for innovation, but forget you guys. You guys have all had your fun. Now it's time to pay up. Now it's time to make some money. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, I, that see, when, when you, when you describe it that way, that seems like uh, Oracle's being the evil one. (laughs) So So it's, it's all perspective. I think you can look at this stuff and look at the perspective. And like I said, I'd like to think that, you know, it was designed as an open source and it did good. So, you know what, be proud of it and all that good stuff. You're powering a very powerful system. It's, I mean, to, to create something even just in and of itself that is closely rivaling something that Apple created, like that is one hell of an accomplishment, you know? So, and it sounds like early on, that's what the Sun guys were saying. They were saying, hey, we're doing good stuff, you know, let Google roll. But, I mean, if we're going to look at the law down at the basis, you know, I'll go, I'll go both ends on this one. Sure. And say, yeah, open development's great, but at the same time that if there's actually some violations in here for damages, they might be able to pick those up because they admitted they needed the licenses to do the TCK and everything. And there is basically some evidence there in the emails that 
implicitly says, yeah, okay, we probably should have did that, and we didn't. So I think we might in the end see a bit of a split decision here where they basically say, okay, it's open source, but okay, you guys also admitted to basically infringing the TCK rights for access, so let's find out where the middle is and give them a million dollars and let's move on. I want to see them bring the FCC in and say, FCC, (laughs) how much should we find these (laughs) jerk-offs? But yeah, like at the end of the day, it's going to be so minimal. The fine, like we saw what, the damages are like one-eighth of an Instagram? I mean, like it's yeah. it's nothing, you know? It's like $2 million. Who cares? What, I mean, what are it, it, uh, what what I'm worried about more is what Eric was saying. If this does set some sh- crappy precedents, then, you know, the right will be. But who knows? ICS moving forward, clean and clear for now. <laughs> <laughs> until lawyers have more free time on their hands to dig through piles of meaningless dead paper. Who knows? Are you switching from Android to uh, something safer, like a Nokia candy bar phone, or maybe even a Lumia <laughs> Windows phone, perhaps? Uh, no? <laughs> uh, let's What's go that? with, um, no. What's that? I think uh, smoke signals. And and, and to also, what would have happened if it wouldn't have been Google, if it would have been like a Nokia or something else that would have done this development? Like, I think Java really lucked out in who picked it up with the, the, the idea of what they wanted to turn this into. I don't think any other company could have taken something that started out as for web games. I mean, I'm sure it started out some other than that, but that's what I know it as and, and turned it into this full fledged OS that's powering of our smartphones today it's crazy well you know java was doing java was doing fine uh java was actually a popular language java was running my web-based irc client (laughs) and doing a terrible (laughs) job it was that idea that you could write an application that would run on linux it would run on right like it, it would run everywhere um but so they were popular but this just you know having android um be you know sort of like a flagship uh product that used it um, you know, it, it just increased their popularity. And Stun saw that it was only good for them to encourage this. Um, well, and only in the tech think- world, though. How many how many of our parents that own Androids know anything about Java or even know that it's Linux? <laughs> like, they don't know any of that stuff. But that's more for the tech cred nerd crowd for us. Well, what happens, it's sort of like Objective-C. So when, when, you know, Apple came out with the iPhone and they said the language that you're going to use is Objective-C, it just got that many people, that many more people using Objective C. Right. So if you have more people using your language, you stay relevant. Uh, in Java's case, you know they have this TCK mechanism where, you know, if somebody wants to, maybe somebody's not as big as Google, and they want to use the Java, uh, sort of the Java name to help push their product. Um, you know, they, we saw that. that all it was powering was crappy feature phone browsers and, and like that's all they that's all it was doing. And I mean, I'm sure some enterprise stuff on the back end, but really the most people, the majority of normal everyday users, that's where they they open their web browser and they know they're about to get raped by their uh, carrier because, you know, feature phone web browsing is not cheap. And they see the little Java thing and they're like, damn you, Java, you know. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens and uh, what comes of this, and we will definitely continue to cover it. Uh, Chris, you're doing some coverage over on a new domain.net, I think. Yeah, we'll see uh, if I uh, end up doing a piece on this, but I'm definitely going to be following up on some other stuff. But yes, I currently live at a new do a new domain, so <laughs> yeah, a new spit do- it out. <laughs> 
newdomain.net and uh, attack yes. the androids over on groovypost.com. And where are you right now, Derek? What do you what do you got going on? Oh, I'm very promiscuous with my writing. Nice, <laughs> um, nice. Uh, yeah, Groovy Post um, over at newdomain.net as well. Um, You're bi curious, yeah. like I am. I, I am. <laughs> Try to taste I'm both sides of the. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, yeah, I got a Android web browser full 13 browser review coming out. I think it's going to be published tomorrow over on GroovyPost.com. So check nice. that out. I dive into all of the popular Chinese-made web browsers for Android. <laughs> and we'll talk more about it access, next you? week because our friend Sherwin's going to dig into a few of them and see just exactly when it is not running. And it says, hey, where are you at right now? And you're like, oh, uh, that's weird. We'll tell you what that's doing. So be sure to check that out. GroovyPost.com, AttackingAndroids.com, and a new domain.net. Thank you, Eric. Hair looking good. Thank you, Chris. No problem. All right, we'll catch you guys later. Goodbye. It's attack. The end. Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids.com.